This is the Invincible Career Newsletter. I'm Larry Cornette. So what if I told you that a podcast, it's a popular podcast, my wife loves it, brings in somewhere between two to four million in annual revenue on Patreon. Could be more, but somewhere between two to four million. And did you know that the top streamer, a gaming streamer on Twitch, Pulls in over five million a year. Yeah, <laughs> my my kids told me about that one. Uh, I was surprised too. So um, this is all about the the passion economy, or maybe you've heard of it called the creator economy. But it's uh, it's fascinating. It's been a really interesting development and super exciting for people who are craving more freedom in their working lives. We have witnessed more and more online services and platforms kind of springing up over the past few years that enable pretty much everyone with a laptop or a smartphone and an internet connection to make a living simply based on who you are and what you can do. And this goes way beyond you know, making money from your voice, which I have talked about recently. And this isn't, this isn't about using your talent, your skills for an employer. When I talk about what you can do, I'm not talking about what you can do for an employer, which is what most of us do, or at least we have done for most of our working lives. So the podcast I was talking about is called True Crime Obsessed. Um, they do a, a deep dive into true crime docuseries, so... Things like Serial, The Staircase, Making a Murderer. You've probably heard of some of those. They have over 38,000 patrons on Patreon. That's what they call them. They have different tiers that you can subscribe to as a patron. And it ranges from the lowest end of $5 a month up to the high end of $20 a month. And you get various things for that, like access to uh, private streams of the, the podcast. So I don't know their precise subscription revenue. They don't share that. It's not published, but you do see the number of patrons. So even if everyone's at the lowest tier, which is $5 a month, that means they're generating 2.3 million in annual revenue from their account. And it's probably higher because there's probably people at the $10 level and a few at the $20 level. So that's why I was saying it could be anywhere between two to four. Could even, you know, if everyone's at 20, which I doubt that could be up to $9 million a year. And there are other examples. This isn't the only example. They're not a standout unicorn. Um, I'm going to share some of those. But, you know, most people aren't going to achieve that kind of income. I mean, it takes a lot of work, consistency, having a fan base. It certainly helps, as we've seen, if a celebrity gets into the passion economy and immediately is making millions because they have a huge fan base. But I was surprised. You know, I took a look across all these different services I'm going to talk about. There are a number of creators, I've, you know, you've never heard of these people, who are earning six figures. And that may not sound like much if you live in uh, San Francisco or Manhattan or Tokyo or London. But in many places in the world, making six figures is enough to make a good living. Um, there's one called All Gas, No Breaks. They do exclusive interviews on Patreon. They bring in over a million a year. Bill Bishop writes a publication called uh, Cynicism. It's on Substack. He was one of the very first creators there. 
And they estimate that his revenue is over a million a year. The top 10 writers on Substack, and that's the newsletter platform that I use as well, collectively bring in over 10 million a year. Uh, Podia, which is another platform that I use. I use that for video courses, other types of courses, digital downloads, and so forth. The top creator on Podia makes over a million a year. Shopify is a place you're probably familiar with for selling uh, physical goods. You create a storefront. You can sell digital goods as well. Beard Brand is one of the merchants on Shopify. They grew their sales to over 120000 a month in less than a year. And then finally, if you're familiar with Twitch, or maybe you're not, so it's a streaming service, um, became popularized with gamers. So people watch, you know, kind of high-end gamers playing a game, which is kind of crazy. I guess I'm too old. But anyway, there's other types of entertainment on there too. So Richard Blevins is the top gamer on there. He's known as Ninja. Um, he earns $5.4 million a year from streaming on Twitch. He makes over $5 million a year by essentially televising his live gaming. There are over 50 million creators, content creators in the world, but probably only about 2 million make a living doing it full time. So let's talk about the passion economy. Our current economy has been based on scale, reach, like global reach, you know, lots of automation software and so forth, and, and deep pockets, you know, having tons of money for marketing, advertising, and growing your business really large. So the large corporations like Amazon and Google, uh, Netflix, YouTube, Apple, and so forth, they've dominated the marketplace. And then players like Walmart, Amazon, Costco, Flipkart have flooded us with mass-produced goods and competed with our wallets with these kind of this race to the bottom with prices. You know, where is the cheapest place I can get this? Massive social media sites like Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter have totally overwhelmed us. The streams are ridiculous. And uh, this year has tested our patience with our so-called friends and family online. So more and more people are taking social media detox breaks or they delete their accounts entirely. I uh, turned off my Facebook account, deleted the app. I deleted Instagram. Um, I needed a break. And so I'm one of those people. Yet people have said they are interested in a new platform that is dedicated to one of their personal passions. So even though I've deleted Facebook and Instagram, I'm still very active with my personal career community on Slack. I engage with people there. So Adam Davidson coined this phrase, the passion economy. That's where it came from in a book that he wrote that's called, surprise, surprise, the passion economy. So... Uh, you can think of it as kind of the ultimate shop small philosophy. Now, I mean super small. Um, it's based on three key components. So you have creators, and these are the people who are building businesses, often a solopreneur business, of a business of one, sometimes larger. It's around their unique talent, skills, ideas, their topic, their passion, their very unique personality in many cases. And then two, it's the audiences who are interested in that. So they're interested in the goods and services or the experiences that the creators have to offer. And then finally, you need an online platform. So there is an online platform that hosts the, the creators and their offering, whatever that might be. 
and connects them with the audience. So it's the platform that connects the creators to the audience and manages the transactions. Now, this passion economy probably couldn't have existed, you know, 12 years ago or so, because it's been enabled by the various digital platforms and all these services that we've been creating over the past decade. So blogging, which has been around forever, but messaging, photo and video hosting, podcasting, uh, both the creation and the, the hosting services, e-commerce, of course, but opening up e-commerce to everyone. And then, of course, online payments to manage the, the tr- transactions. You know, in some ways, this passion economy feels like it's a response to commoditization. So all this commoditization that we've experienced over the past decades with goods and services, kind of a race to the bottom. Um, but it's even happened with employment. We've talked about the commoditization of, of your job and how easy it is for some jobs for people to hire anyone anywhere or even automate your job. So I feel like this passion economy is really sprung up almost like a, a backlash to all that. And what I see when I take a look at this is that the buyers, um, the audience, the fans, whatever you want to call them, the patrons, they're seeking a lot of things that they can't get from the old economy. So higher quality goods they can trust. There's a huge issue on Amazon with fake goods. Huge issue. They're trying to fight it. I think they spent over $4 million a year trying to fight counterfeit goods, but it's still a problem that hasn't been solved. So you want something that's be created by that's been created by an artisan, something that's a higher quality good, something that was built by someone that you know. You know the creator. There's something really cool about that. Um, high-touch personalized services instead of mass market services or one-size-fits-all services. One-on-one connections with experts. So the kind of thing that I do with my uh, community when I work with my clients one-on-one. Uh, speaking of community, a stronger sense of community. So not having thousands of friends or even hundreds of friends, but much smaller, tight-knit communities around certain passions <clears throat> and niche interest. Having more intimate relationships with fewer people. Kind of People are kind of tired of, of the internet and all the trolls coming out and shouting at them and screaming at them about what they post online. People are seeking unique and interesting experiences. And they're looking for more targeted and valuable information, you know, not, not the mass market information that's been out there. Now, what's on the other side? What are creator seekings? Well, when you look at the passion economy creators, many of them are hoping to break free from employment and jobs that don't fulfill them. They dream of that. Can I turn this passion into a living so I can, I can get out of my job? They want a chance to live up to their full potential. They feel like what they're doing right now in a nine to five job isn't tapping into their potential. Most people do not feel like their employer leverages their full potential. They want fair compensation. So if they're really talented, have great skills, deep knowledge, they want to be compensated for that versus receiving a minimum wage at some job, right? Like I said, they want an opportunity to make a living doing what they love. And if, if they're lucky, turning a passion into that way to make a living. I mean, it's not easy. It's risky. I've talked about that before. You know, if you turn a passion into uh, the way you make a living, sometimes you fall out of love with that passion. Um, so one of the questions that comes up is, how is this different than the gig economy? And this is like Uber and Lyft, DoorDash, and so forth. 
Well, with a gig, you're providing the service that the platform demands. The platform says, this is what we do. It isn't you defining what you do. <laughs> you sign up for a service and it's like you give somebody a ride to the airport or you deliver food from this restaurant to this person's home. That's what you do. They set the rules. They control the pricing. If you want to earn more, you have to hustle faster. You have to deliver the food faster. You have to work longer hours. And I have friends who work in the gig economy, and it's, it's hard. It's hard. You kind of have a cap on how much money you can make. That's because the gig economy is all based on convenience, consistency, competitive pricing. You know, the difference with the passion economy is that on the flip side, it rewards individuality, creativity, building relationships, and being excellent. You get rewarded for being excellent at what you do. With a passion economy, you're, you're working for yourself. You decide what you're selling. You set your prices. You decide when you want to work, when you want to create whatever it is that you're selling. You know, uh, somebody who's a very entertaining Uber driver, maybe they're a great singer, maybe they're an excellent storyteller. They're fascinating. They can't suddenly decide that the ride to the airport is now worth 400 bucks because they're entertaining. They don't get to do that. Uber controls that pricing. But an artist on Podia, for example, can charge whatever she wants. She can charge whatever she wants to have access to one of her painting lessons. If she's amazing, if she's in high demand, she can charge a lot more than another artist who doesn't have a fan base, that doesn't have a reputation yet. You will never get rich in the gig economy. A lot of people are struggling to just get by. But the passion economy does have the potential to make you wealthy. If you're really, really good at what you do, and most importantly, your fans love you. Do you know an Uber driver who's making one to two million a year? But there are podcasters who are. So if you're thinking, well, what do I have? <laughs> what, could, what could I possibly sell? And I know what you mean. I, I've often felt the same way. But the reality is your imagination is the limit. I mean, and it really is. Every day I'm coming across some new creator on one of these platforms that's selling something I had never even thought they could sell. They're so creative. And I'm always surprised that there's an audience for it. It's like there is an audience who wants what they're selling, even though I'm like, really? <laughs> I don't think I'd ever buy that. But when you look at the billions and billions and billions of people on the planet, yeah, there probably is an audience for them. You know, I shared some examples in the newsletter, some of the stuff that's obvious, like you can, you can monetize your knowledge and advice. And that's like I've been doing by writing a newsletter, writing articles, um, sell your words, right? Your short stories, your poetry, your fiction books, nonfiction books, create courses to sell what you know. You can do those kind of create them and let them run as a passive income source. Or you can do live courses, right? Do it live on video, live webinars. People do those as well. You can do coaching sessions, one-on-one -on -one coaching or group coaching live. And I do some of those. Uh, there's exclusive podcasts, so people have you know the public podcast, but then they have behind the scenes that they sell. You know, obviously people are selling photography. They create videos. Um, you know, they make illustrations, design, 
So like designs for websites, designs for WordPress themes, stuff like that. Comics is huge. Comics, cartoons, people are selling a lot of that. And I mentioned the gameplay. So if you're, you're a great gamer and people want to watch you and you're entertaining, yeah, go for it. Uh, artwork, obviously. Art is a big category. Physical stuff, physical art like pottery. Um, physical products. A lot of people do that on Shopify and Etsy and places like that. If you are a big enough celebrity, and I don't know if any of you are, but have a fan base, sometimes you can just sell access to you. So it's like the backstage pass, you know, and you see this with music artists. So they have their concerts and then they have like a live session afterwards with a few fans that want to pay for that. Um, communities. I have paid communities too. These are communities where the payment essentially, it's kind of a gate that keeps everyone out unless they're really interested in this topic. And it, it changes the quality of the community and the contribution that's made. Music's been around forever. Music is one as well. So how do you monetize this stuff? How do you get paid for something like the passion economy? So I've been a little overwhelmed by all the creative ways people have done this. Um, the one that we've seen a lot of is social media influencers who basically will hold up a product and talk about it. They get the product for free from some, from sponsor and they showcase it. And they're like, I love these shoes. They're fantastic. Or I love this purse. And if they have a large audience of followers, that's worth a lot. And, and I mentioned in the newsletter, you know, Kylie Jenner, who you probably heard of, one of the most popular influencers online. She has an ad equivalent value of about a million dollars per post. So that's like, you know, buying a Super Bowl ad, you know, if you, if you, if you use Kylie Jenner as one of your sponsors, but the rest of us mere mortals who, who don't have millions and millions and millions of people following us, we generate income from things like ad revenue sharing, sponsored content affiliate revenue, a tipping, you know, I talked about that before, uh, paid subscriptions, which we mentioned digital sales. So direct sales of physical digital goods and so forth. Um, tickets. So you can sell tickets for events that could be live, um, virtual online events, you know, VIP meetups, which I talked about if you're famous enough that people want to meet you fan clubs, you name it, but it really boils down to kind of four primary models. One is subscriptions. So you pay a monthly subscription for access to exclusive content and or access to an exclusive community. The second is a freemium model, which my newsletter is like that. A lot of things are like that, where there's a lot of it that's free. Medium does this too. And you can engage with it, read it, watch it for free. And then at some point there's an upsell. It's like, do you want the premium content? Do you want the behind the scenes content of this? Direct sales, as I mentioned, you can do direct sales of anything online. And then finally, ads and sponsorships. That's that's the fourth. And I haven't really done anything with that, but I know a lot of people do. So this can seem out of reach if you don't have a huge audience. I don't have a huge audience. It's you know, it's okay. It's not it's not a large audience like any of these people. But it doesn't take a lot to get started. So that's the thing, is like if you do this well and you apply kind of a lean startup approach, which I've talked about, don't put a lot of money into it. In many cases, you're simply selling you. You're selling your thoughts, your words, things that you're writing, the podcasts you're producing, whatever it might be. So it doesn't take a lot of capital to get started. And you can build up your audience on the side while you're still making your primary income from your job, right? Or maybe you have a small business. I don't know. I don't know if you've heard of Kevin Kelly's 1000 True Fans concept. It's pretty famous. It's been around for a while. 
But, it, you know, if you're not familiar with it, it should give you hope that there is a way to make a living from your knowledge, your talent, your passion without having millions of followers. And the quote from Kevin Kelly is, to be a successful creator, you don't need millions. You don't need millions of dollars or millions of customers, millions of clients or millions of fans. To make a living as a craftsperson, photographer, musician, designer, author, animator, app maker, entrepreneur, or inventor, you need only thousands of true fans. And that's the, the true fans is the key. People that really enjoy what you're offering are willing to be a part of growing your community, subscribing to you. So I did list in the newsletter a ton of the platforms. There are so many. <laughs> there are probably thousands, right? Um, I tried to list some of the, the more popular ones that you've probably heard of, some of them that I use. Uh, I've included links to those in the online version of this newsletter, and some of those are referral links. So you know, it does support me if you click those, and I, I thank you for that ahead of time. If you want to learn more, you can go check them out. You know, for newsletters, you got Substack, Review, ConvertKit, uh, writing, there's tons of places, lots of ways to make living as a, as a writer. Um, I write on Medium. I've started writing on Newsbreak. That's another one. And then, of course, publishing your own books. So if you look at KDP, which is Kindle Direct Publishing, that's one way to do that. Digital goods can be sold so many places. Um, I talked about Gumroad, which is a big one. Podia allows you to do digital downloads, digital goods like I think I have like digital downloads of resume examples, um, cover letter examples, things like that. You can also sell digital goods on Shopify. Music, you know, it's an old category, but there are new ways to sell. So CD Baby is one that's been around for a while. Amuse is one. SoundCloud, you've probably heard of, but that's another one that's available to musicians. Bandcamp is a great place for musicians. Physical goods, it can be sold in a lot of places, but it's a lot easier to do it online and do fulfillment that way versus trying to have a physical retail store, especially right now when things are closed down. Um, Shopify is a big one, of course. Wix does provide a way to do that. Teespring, Zazzle, and Cafe Press allow you to put your design work on products and fulfill directly from them. I've done that. So you can put your logo or something clever or your art on t-shirts and calendars and posters and coffee mugs and you name it, pretty much anything. Um, and then art, kind of really selling your art, not putting on a product. Redbubble is one. Fine Art America, ArtPal. Courses, I mentioned Podia. That's one that I use. Teachable is another popular one. I've used that before. Kajabi is another one. And then when I talked about kind of these memberships and subscriptions, you know, being able to have a fan base subscribe to you. There's Patreon, which I'm starting to explore right now. There's OnlyFans. And no, it isn't just for that kind of content. I know it gets a bad, bad reputation for that. But a lot of uh, actors, musicians, entertainers are creating this. So like Michael B. Jordan just announced that he's going to create a, an account on OnlyFans. And it's to give kind of behind the scenes access to one of your favorite entertainers, things like that. Uh, buy me a coffee is, is a tipping concept. I've used that before. Coffee is another one. K-O-F-I, another way to spell coffee. And then like around entertainment and video and so forth. So Cameo is one that a lot of uh, celebrities are using. Vimeo, 
You can charge for access to uh, high quality videos and things like that. Twitch, which I mentioned earlier, of course, the, the streaming service. So I don't know. I take a look at this and I see this as it's a whole new path to freedom, right? This is very different than working for an employer, of course. It's very different than a nine to five job. It's even different than starting your own business, which is what I've done. Um, it's, it's a different approach. This is kind of selling just you, you and what you know and what you can create. So it's, it's different than goods and services, although that can be part of it. Gives you a lot of flexibility. And I think with a passion economy business, especially if you're doing it online, so digital goods and services, I mean, you truly can live anywhere in the world and work whenever you want. You just need you know, a smartphone or a laptop and internet access. That's about it. Now, I know many of us have followed or will follow a traditional career path. We're going to climb the corporate ladder. I did. It can be a very gratifying experience. It can be lucrative. You can make a good living doing it, clearly. I did it for, you know, over 17 years. I learned a lot. I'm happy that I did it. I had many wonderful experiences, made lots of friends, worked with great colleagues. And that, that economy, you know, from the past century or couple centuries, <laughs> has rewarded, you know, fitting in really being what the company wants. You know, you get your education you'll go to college or whatever you put on the appropriate clothing, the professional clothing, you go into an office, you know, you get the job in, in the workplace and you do your best to fit into that corporate culture, you know, be creative, be valuable, but don't make too many waves. Don't be so weird that they're like, wow, you don't really fit in. You do all this and you'll be okay. You know, You'll make your salary, but this is different. I mean, this is, this is the economy of the next century and I, and I see it coming. A lot of analysts are talking about it. It's, it's a strategy about being you unashamedly you be yourself. And the key is to capitalize on how different you are. You have to stand out. If you're like everyone else, why would someone subscribe to you and what you do? You have to focus on your unique story you know, the story of your life, who you are, building your personal slash professional brand, having a brand of some sort, thinking about how you're going to stand out. So how are you going to be different? How are you going to stand out from the crowd so that you have a value, something very personal that no one else can copy because they're not you. And that's where future success is going to lie in this new economy. And as you know, I do recommend having backup plans and multiple income streams. You know, if you own your income, not an employer, you own it, you own your destiny. It makes you invincible. And it's reassuring to know that, hey, I have this side hustle and I'm doing a little bit of, you know, getting a little bit of income from it, spending a little bit of time with it. I don't have enough time because I have a regular job. I'm working nine to five or whatever. But if something happened, you know, you unexpectedly get laid off. The company's having issues and that's happened this year. Millions of people have been laid off. You ramp up your side hustle. You go from spending an hour a day on it to spending eight, eight hours a day on it. And that ramps up the income from it. So maybe it could pay the bills and get you through this time, right? So, I mean, you can always just test the waters, play around with it. I mean, I've been playing around with all these. It's kind of fun. See if you enjoy it. See if it's a good fit for you, depending on what you do, right? Are you a writer? Are you an artist? Do you have interesting thoughts? Do you create things? Whatever. 
Try it out. See if you can make some money doing it just for fun. See where it takes you. I mean, that's kind of how it started with my writing. I started writing on Medium just for fun. And then I said, oh, they have a created this um, program where you can make money from it. And I can't remember what they call it, the creator program or something. Um, so I started playing around with it. And it's like, wow, that's kind of fun. You know, it's, it's enough to buy, a, you know, some groceries once a month. <laughs> it's not It's not crazy. But it kind of got me down the path of saying, oh, I can make a living from my writing. That's kind of fun. So you never know. Some of the most successful creators in this new economy had no idea that it would turn out so well, that they could quit their job. Some people talked about that. I've listened to a couple podcasts where they're like, I had no idea. And now I'm doing this full time. I quit my job and I'm all in on the podcast. So if you do decide to try it out, let me know. You know leave a note in the comments or message me, whatever. Let me know. I'd love to support you. So that's it for this newsletter. I hope you'll check out the online version of this because I included all the links to everything I talked about. But this is exciting. This is exciting. The passion economy is a whole new way of thinking about things. Until next time, I wish you the best of luck in becoming an opportunity magnet for the best things in life. <laughs>